Welcome to episode 80 of the Wii Sports Quarantine Chronicles podcast Masters edition of the show. We've had a bunch of shows this week leading up to the Masters, but now that we're almost halfway through the tournament, I noticed that some golfers are still having to play and finish their second round on Saturday, but we are ready to finally have some reactionary podcasts to what we're seeing live from Augusta National Golf Club. I'm your host, Lucas Weiss of the Wee Sports Chronicles podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined this evening by Gabby Herzig. Gabby is my colleague at LastWordOnSports.com, where she's producing a lot of great golf work, so make sure to check her out there. She's also the captain of the women's golf team at Panoma College, and she's kind enough to join me to chat about the first couple of rounds or so of the 2020 Masters. Gabby, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for having me, Lucas. I'm so excited to be on the pod. And yeah, like you said, I'm the captain of my team at Pomona College in Southern California. I've been a golfer my entire life. And Masters Week is by far my favorite weekend of the year. It's a little weird that it's coming in November mm. this year, but equally as happy about it. So yeah, I'm excited to break break down these well I gotta ask well, well I gotta ask you off the top because I know that some of the golfers you know they're gonna be playing I mean some of them play like 26 27 holes definitely the guys tomorrow are gonna be playing that have you played 26 27 holes in your college career thus yeah. far yeah I've had junior tournaments where we were rained out halfway through an 18 hole round it was a two-day tournament and mm. I had to play the second round and the same the same day that I had to play this second nine holes for my first round so i played 27 in a day um because of rain and i was supposed to play we were supposed to play a tournament where we played 36 in one day Mm -hmm. and it was just scheduled like that but then the coaches kind of figured that it was a little brutal and they kind of reworked the schedule it's definitely tough to play that many holes in one day and i will say that i have been to the masters i went in six when i was in sixth grade um and it's really hilly hilly. yeah it's so much hillier than it looks on tv and like even as like a young sixth grader my legs were sore after walking that course for four days. So I can imagine it's pretty strenuous for these players. Okay, so I have to follow up before before we get into the actual Masters because, you know, this, this is such a natural follow-up. Did, did you, you know, did you try any of the Masters delicacies while you're there? I, I know they're famous for their sandwiches, the biscuits. Did, yeah. did you did, dive, dive deep into that? Yeah, I definitely... I remember trying it, like a bunch of them, okay. but I don't think I like the pimento cheese sandwich that much. Oh, and I think I kind of agree it's not my favorite one. I remember really liking the egg salad sandwich, and I nice. think that's the take I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. No, you know what? You know, it, it's good that like you know for sure have have a favorite. I mean, you know, the the pimento is certainly uh, polarizing to say the least, uh, but uh, you know, always provides good discussion on. Uh, on golf Twitter, but let's get into Gabby. I mean, as I said off the top, uh, you know, some of the guys still have some holes to play, but I think what we can both agree on what we've seen thus far is this is a gettable Augusta National, and, and, and I know that the course has had a lot of rain recently, and, and it's definitely playing soft, and who knows what the Green Jackets will do over the weekend to maybe firming up the golf course, but we're definitely seeing that these guys are, are, are shooting low scores and, you know, are, are making lots of birdies. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to see these this low of scores so early on and, and just 
just on Thursday seeing the ball stick to the green mm. so firmly. I mean, a lot of a lot of shots were just staying in their pitch marks, which mm. is pretty wild. Um, it's also just like it's it's a little bit kind of rattling when you get to the green. Your ball's just sitting in a ball mark, and you have to kind of fix it and make sure it's it's sitting on a flat plane. Um, but yeah, it, it's playing so soft. I think a lot of people are saying, oh, it's playing longer because it's soft, and maybe the guys that drive it farther have an advantage, but I think it all really comes down to spin control at the end of the day. Mm. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see balls ripping back on these greens when they're that soft, and I think kind of taking a club up and kind of learning how to control that spin um, over the course of these two rounds has been really important for the leaders. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see if, if the, the course continues to firm up. I know they have that sub air system and maybe they'll pump that up a little bit tonight so that would be nice to see the course firm up a little bit more and kind of get its teeth back over the weekend yeah absolutely i mean i know justin thomas was saying after his round that, that he thinks that that the masters will certainly you know get tougher and, and the course will get a little bit more firmer because when you look at the amount of rounds in the 60s thus far currently there are 35 rounds in the 60s yet 44 players haven't completed their second round. So it's definitely going to smash the records in terms of the amount of rounds in the 60s. And look, I mean, I you know, I like a you know a, a challenging Augusta National, but I also like to see those birdies too. And and, and, I, and I think once once the pressure increases, especially on Sunday at the Masters, I think it'll provide a nice balance hopefully to have the firmness as well as, uh, you know, the birdie opportunities that the course provides. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think going down the stretch on Sunday, it's it's, it's always really fun to see <laughs> kind of the, the darts being thrown at the 16th pin on the back of the, that, that green. And it, when it's soft, I mean, it's just, it's so entertaining to kind of see them throw those darts and it just get closer and closer. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be awesome. And I think, I mean, one guy I'm really looking at is John Rahm. I mean, mm. he, he has like a two-foot, three-foot birdie putt that he didn't finish at the end of the round. Um, so he's obviously going to be pushing the lead early tomorrow morning. And I think there are some other guys that are going to do the same. So the early morning golf tomorrow is going to be actually really entertaining. Absolutely. And, and John Rahm is is the golfer that we could go to first because he's he's still on the course. As you said, that you know he's going to probably make birdie at 13 and then he has the par 550 so chances are you know barring no catastrophic mistakes it'd be safe to assume that John Rahm will be the 36 hole leader heading into the official start of Masters weekend and look Gabby I mean John Rahm he he competed at the Masters a couple years back in 2018 when Patrick Reed won this year he he won at Memorial with a very uh, crowded star-studded leaderboard of course, beating DJ at the BMW Championship. So he has experience winning. And, and, and I think with his power game, he's just made for Augusta National. It re- really reminds me of, uh, of a young Semi Ballesteros, you know, to, to use the sp- Spaniard example there. Because he, he just has that all-around power game that you can definitely use to attack this golf course. Yeah, I totally agree. I love the semi-comparisons with him. And I think that he's just one of those players where when he's on, he's really, really on. And he, even if he kind of misses a green or has an errant shot, like he'll get up and down and you can kind of count on him for that. So I think, I mean, we saw, I saw in 10, he kind of, he hit it way up there on the bank and made an incredible up and down. And I think was a little bit underrated um, from that spot. And I think that he'll make a few more birdies tomorrow morning and we'll definitely 
see him at the top of the leaderboard. He was actually in my, I was, he's one of my picks for my traditional uh, annual master's pool. Okay. so, so, so I have some vested interest there. So what are your other, what, what are your other picks for, uh, so, for the listeners? Well, another one that I'm very, very proud of. Um, I, I just had this feeling about Abraham Anser. Okay. So in three of my pools this week. Um, I, I've, I've loved him as a player for a while now. I don't know if you follow the country club collection on Instagram, but I've been following yeah. that account for a while and they kind of continuously document him and his incredible short game. Um, he kind of has, he has these shots, these short game shots that I don't think a lot of other players have on tour. Um, there's, there's a video up on his Instagram from a couple days ago. He's hitting these kind of like low flighted nippers from the bunker, the practice bunkers <laughs> at Augusta and the light, the night lights are literally on. So he was practicing kind of late into the night and I could tell like, this might be his time. So, um, Abraham answer was definitely my dark horse going into the weekend and I'm very happy with how he's performed so far. Well, it's truly amazing. I mean, for the tournament, he's hit 30 of 36 greens in regulation, 22 yeah. of 28 fairways hit. And then, the you know, you know he's, he's also great from the sand. The scrambling stats, too, really point to him. I remember at the, the RBC Heritage this year, I mean, he led, he, he finished runner-up, but he led in, in driving accuracy and greens in regulation. So it's quite amazing to see him blossom and this is his first masters and already you know showing why he's one of the the real talented younger players on the pga tour yeah exactly i wrote about him in my article this week about the rookies to watch and Mm. you know at the rbc he those are some of the smallest screens on the pga tour at hilton head so it really showed like he he it's just straight target practice for him with his irons like he's so precise with his irons and i think that um as we've seen the hitting greens is a huge stat to look for at the Masters specifically, and also just hitting greens in the right spots. Um, you got to know where to hit them. Like especially with each pin, there's always a different kind of um, like pure spot to hit where you're gonna have a good look at birdie. So I think he's doing an amazing job at that. And even when he's not in a good spot off the tee, like we can see him recover. I saw him hit an incredible shot on seven today from the pine straw. Um, it just rolled up there so nice. Nicely. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely someone to watch this weekend. Another one, too, who's currently at nine under par with Abraham Answer is, of course, Justin Thomas. He's the 2017 PGA Championship winner, as well as Dustin Johnson, who, of course, won the 2016 U.S. Open and was the runner-up at the Masters in 2019. Let's start with Justin Thomas, Gabby, because... Justin's been, you know, had had a, had a rocky start this morning, uh, double bogey on one, but then was able to rally and put together quite a nice uh, three under round 69, uh, you know, getting three birdies on the front, two, eight, and nine, and then, you know, four birdies to end uh, the round on holes 15 through 18, and I think what makes Justin Thomas so special is, is the iron game, and everyone knows when he first got on the tour, he was a really good iron player, but now he's the best iron player. And we've talked about it already a bit here, about how Augusta, you really need to hit your iron shots really well. It's a second shot golf course. If Justin can really continue that as well as makes, you know, a few more putts, he's definitely going to be in the mix come Sunday. Yeah, I totally agree. It was awesome to see him make those, I think three birdies in a row kind of early, early today to bounce back. And 
yeah, he his iron game is obviously impeccable. Um, he also has the advantage of knowing the course a little bit better than mm-hmm. some of the other guys on the, on the top of the leaderboard right now. He's played six Masters. Um, I think when he he's similar to John Rome. I think when he gets fired up, he really gets fired up. He has an incredible mental game. Um, he seems so steady out there, even though he can be a little reactionary after his shots. Maybe like Rory can. I think that he totally has the mindset to win this weekend. Um, and I would I would definitely not be surprised if we saw Justin Thomas in the green jacket on Sunday. Well, to me, what surprised me because I I was tuning in and Justin Thomas was getting interviewed by ESPN Scott Van Pelt and Butler Cabin, yeah. and and they made the point that JT had never been. In Butler Cabin before. Now that obviously makes sense because yeah, you know, he hadn't won a Masters yet. But when you look at his performances, I mean, he, his first Masters, he was plus ten, scored a par. But every single year, he's improved. So I think he's definitely trending in the right direction. And he's someone. Look, he is a staple winner on the PGA Tour. Like if you're looking on at a guy that you're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna put money on this guy to win a PGA Tour event, it's Justin Thomas. I mean, he's so consistent but when you look at his major championship results after winning at quail hollow definitely you know disappointing to his standards so i think you know the fact that he's in the mix i think obviously he's good for for the masters good for golf but it'll be very interesting to see if he could actually close the deal because that's something that he hasn't been able to do in the last few majors yeah, I totally agree. I think we hear a lot of players talk about how hard it is to get that second major after mm-hmm. the first one. Um, I think that probably is a little bit of a hurdle for him, like it is for everyone else. And another thing I've been thinking about is, you know, he's gotten really close with Tiger over the yeah. past couple of years. And, and like I said before, you really have to know Augusta. Like, And I'm sure that Tiger, well, maybe, maybe not, because he keeps his kind of cards close to his chest, but maybe he's learned a thing or two. Um, and I think... As JT's gotten older, he's definitely become like a wiser and more mature player while still having that kind of fiery energy and um, not laying up going for every every tucked pin. So, yeah, I, I personally believe in a JT win. I know it, it could definitely be a hurdle for him and an obstacle, especially with how stacked the leaderboard is, but I'm pulling for him for sure. So is JT and Tiger like the top bromance right now in golf, Gabby? Uh, your thoughts, the listeners, I your thoughts. Agree. I think they're definitely up there. Okay. Sure. Um, another one that comes to mind is um, not not necessarily two PJ Tour players, but Matthew Wolf and his coach George Gankus. Yes. Um, I don't know if you follow kind of follow the whole social media behind yeah. George Gankus, but um, you know I'm disappointed to see that Matt Wolf isn't going to make the cut. Yeah. Um, I really I really really was pulling for him this week. Um, he's been someone I've been following since his freshman year at Oklahoma State. I'm absolutely obsessed with how weird his swing is and how I'm <laughs> always confused about how it works um, and how it produces such great results. But, but yeah, I was really I was really looking forward to see him, seeing him in contention. Um, I think he just had a bad day today and maybe Augusta intimidated him a little bit, which, which surprised me because I think he has such kind of a, a fiery spirit and a lot of confidence as such a young player. So that was definitely one player that I was a little disappointed in their performance this weekend. Speaking of uh, golfers trying to get their second majors, that can also be said about Dustin Johnson, who who put together uh, a solid sixty-five seventy over uh, the course of his you know first two days. And I say this all the time, Gabby. I mean, when I watch Dustin Johnson play golf, it just seems so simple to him. And and you know he has that 
natural power and you know that that you know rotating swing that can really generate a lot of power but he's really improved I think on you know the irons and then the short game putting is where I think he's definitely improved on how do you rate his chances going into the into the weekend because let's be honest major championships this has been a big question mark for him throughout his whole career can he close the deal yeah, I was I was honestly really surprised to see him kind of go off this morning and get mm-hmm. to I think ten under at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely surprising to me, especially because like he just had COVID and he's, yeah. he's coming back. Um, and it, it sounds like he bounced back stronger than ever. Um, obviously we know DJ can hit the ball far. He can hit it a long way. He's strong. He has that like very strong left wrist at the top of the swing, which I think a lot of people envy. Um, and I, but I also think his wedge game is pretty underrated. Um, he really knows how to control his wedges from 60, 70, 80, 90 yards, those awkward distances, um, which I think are going to be so important this weekend, especially with the spin control aspect that I mentioned earlier. I think DJ has really, really good control over his wedge spin. Um, and yeah, I, I think he has a good chance. The mental side is definitely going to be a challenge for DJ. I think we've seen him have some blow-ups in majors before um, in the U.S. Open, so that could be that could be a problem, but with how he played today, I mean, I'm definitely confident in DJ. Yeah, and, and I think for him, you know, I know, you know, I, I say this all the time, but the more you put yourself into those winning positions, the, the, the greater chance you are to succeed and actually win, and, and I know that DJ was right there, had the 54-hole lead at the 2020 PGA Championship, and didn't have his best final round performance, but you look what he did at the Northern Trust, just you know ripping that course to shreds and, and really shooting low, and then the, and then the Tour Championship, you know, winning Player of the Year in, in 2020. I mean, I think this has been. I mean, other than Bryson DeChambeau, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, DJ has has really shown that he's had a really fantastic year. He's playing great golf, and I think it would be a sort of a great story, like. You know he, he's out he's out of the game with, with COVID for a bit and then bounces back to to then uh, join the 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 illustrious uh, group of Masters champions. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I also just to mention I loved his comment during the press conferences when I think he was asked which his favorite one like you asked me earlier and he said all of them. <laughs> nice. Like, That's a classic DJ statement. Yeah, I mean DJ. No, absolutely, and like he he's, he's Team RBC too. So so up here in Canada, we're uh, we're, we're, yeah. we're we're very supportive of DJ, also a former RBC Canadian Open champ. So uh, so so we know quite well, uh, you know DJ's uh, great great answers. Obviously, Gabby, I mean Tiger Woods is still such a big talking point at the Masters, but look, not many people would have predicted that he'd be in contention at this point. Uh, you know, heading into the weekend, likely to make the cut barring a, a catastrophic, uh, you know, set of circumstances. So, what have you been most impressed with with Tiger this week? Because to me, he just, you know, look, he hasn't looked great really all year, but the way he seems to know and play Augusta National is is truly a work of art. Because again, it just shows you that. The five-time Masters champion just, you know, he 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 goes into a different gear when he gets uh, to Augusta. Yeah, kind of like exactly what you said. I feel like it's almost like watching an artist kind of do his work. I mean, <laughs> he obviously feels at home at Augusta. 
Um, he looks remarkably relaxed this week. I'm seeing a lot of smiles on his face, a lot of laughs with his caddy, um, which is kind of unusual. You usually see kind of the stone cold tiger at the Masters, but he's definitely seems to be enjoying himself. I think that's because he's confident in his driver, he's confident in his irons, he's seeing a lot of fairways, a lot of greens. I think the one thing that we need to watch for Tiger is is the putts. Um, it seemed like he was overreading a lot of putts. That's what I noticed. Uh, he, I think he mentioned it in his post-round interview. Um, definitely, if some putts drop, he could totally be in contention on Sunday. Obviously, the world, the golf world would love to see it. I would love to see it. I mean, that would be just epic if, if he was in contention on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we all remember last year and, and just how, you know, iconic a moment that was and, and how you know tiger just doesn't move the needle he is the needle when it comes to to golf popularity and i mean you're right i mean tiger's been i think very very happy very you know at times emotional like and recognizing the achievement that he did last year but i just think again like you can't beat the knowledge that he knows i think today you know, he nearly chips in on the par five second hole for Eagle from the bunker. To me, the real one real bad hole was that third hole. I mean, three putting from like 10 feet what was certainly untiger-esque. But when you look at what he has tomorrow, he's got, you know, two tough holes to start 11 and 12. But then he's got the two par fives, 13 and 15. And, and chances are in the morning, it'll be softer conditions. So therefore, more gettable conditions. I think that if Tiger's thinking of, okay, you know, making a move on moving day, the third round, I think he's got to get to six under. I, I do think he needs two or three more birdies, put some pressure, depending if the lead gets to, let's say, nine or, you know, 10, 11. He needs to sort of stay within that striking distance to make a big move on, on Saturday during the third round. Yeah, I totally agree. I think... Um, it will definitely be interesting to see how he plays kind of that, that third round. I always worry about his back when mm. there's a lot of golf to play. Um, I mean, hopefully he can stay loose throughout the day. I think, I mean, he obviously is an impe impeccable athlete. Um, I think he'll be fine, but, you know, that's definitely a concern in the back of my head. Um, in the morning, he does have a, he has a part five. He has 15. I mean, I think he can get to six under easily. Um, I just worry about the, the third round. Um, although I am obviously pulling for him, um, would love to see him in contention on Sunday. Um, it, I think it all comes down to the putter. So we'll yeah. just have to see if those putts drop and if he kind of avoid, avoids those three putts that we that we saw today. I mean, that was that was pretty painful to watch. Um, so yeah, it's all about speed. It's all about putting. Right now, the projected cut is even par. And the 2020 U.S. Open champion Bryson DeChambeau is currently at plus one. He's plus three for the day uh, in the second round. He's through 12 holds. And again, like the first day, a real adventure. And, and this time on, on the par four third hole, a hole that people were saying this week, look, he's going to drive this green. It's going to be a guaranteed birdie. I think he got a, a little bit un unlucky there, Gabby, because I think if there were patrons in attendance, they probably would have found that ball. But in addition to that, though, do you think that perhaps the the, the hype around Bryson, while it, it's valid, it, it was a little bit overhyped heading into this week? 
Yeah, you know, I was I was talking to a few people before the week started, and I was kind of un- under the impression that he was trying to outsmart Augusta a little bit, and to me, that just seems a little sacrilegious and, quite frankly, impossible. I mean, it's Augusta for a reason. Um, I don't think there are shortcuts at this golf course. Um, I think Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson said earlier this week that you kind of have to let the course humble you. You have to take a step back and kind of just put in the middle of the green sometimes or kind of hit the safer shot. And Bryson just isn't willing to do that at this point. Um, and I think the lost ball on three was definitely unlucky. I'm sure they would have found it if um, patrons were there. And also, I mean, Bryson is hitting his drives remarkably high mm-hmm. and that definitely played a factor in how plugged this ball got that they couldn't even see it or find it. I think they're also just looking in the wrong spot, um, which definitely is a, is a, is to blame to the lack of people out there. I mean, if, if more eyes were watching, they probably would have pointed them in the right direction. Obviously the new three minute rule hurt him as well. Um, I think I read somewhere that someone found the ball like two minutes after they stopped <laughs> looking and drove him back to the tee. So, I mean, my heart hurts for him. That would that would definitely suck to ha- for for me if that happened to me in a tournament. Um, because obviously, when we're playing Division Three golf, no one's watching our golf balls. We're always <laughs> worried about where our golf balls are going. So it kind of felt like that, honestly, which is crazy because it's it's the Masters. So mm. it reminded me of when I forget who it was lost their ball in the rough at the U.S. Open. Mm. But that's a little more understandable. It's the U.S. Open, the rough is supposed to be that thick. I mean, this, I I never expected a ball to be lost in the rough at, at the Masters and. For it to happen to Bryson, I mean, it's it's definitely, I think, a little bit of karma for how confident he was going into this week. Um, but, you know, it, it definitely looked like he was having a little bit of a meltdown out there. I mean, he looked like he was just so rattled. Um, and I would have been, too, if that happened to me. But, you know, I think the him playing the, the last couple holes tomorrow morning is a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. for him. He gets to kind of go home like rework what's going on in his brain, kind of redo those calculations that he's always doing. So I think we can, we, we'll see him bounce back tomorrow morning. And I, I know it will be entertaining for everyone to see him in the mix um, on Saturday and Sunday. And I, I hope he doesn't miss the cut, but you know, it's definitely, he's definitely close. So he's got to make up a couple shots. Yeah. I mean, and, and luckily he has the two par fives, which would, you know, yeah. likely put him over the edge to, to just barely make the cut. But look, I mean, I think this this conversation around distance isn't going away. I think distance is here to stay. And if you have an advantage like Bryson DeChambeau has to hit the ball as long as he has and to really exploit that with, you know, the club head speed and then really just, you know, letting the ball fly, you have a significant advantage compared to someone who doesn't hit it as far. Um, but yeah. I think what Augusta's showing is, is that you can have a mix of, the long hitters, the shorter hitters contend um, and, and be right in the mix. Because I think, as we've said earlier, Augusta comes down to the short game. It comes down to the putting. Who's going to win um, the tournament? And, and I think it gets a little bit overlooked. But what Bryson did at the U.S. Open, his short game and putting were, were really sensational that week. In addition to the long hitting. So, I think Bryson's going to be Bryson. And I think, honestly... It's good for golf that we have personalities like him to, to be um, right there in the mix because he's just great for us content creators trying to create that yeah. uh, sizzling social media content. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said about the kind of mix on the leaderboard, I mean, Ber- Bernard Longer is up there. Yeah. Again. I mean, 
like right next to kind of Brooks and all these guys who are pumping iron every morning. So that's definitely a cool thing to see. It, it kind of shows how um, this golf course can favor a variety of different um, styles of play. I mean, I think that for Bryson, obviously distance is going to help him, but it won't help him if he can't hit greens. So I think that's the, that's the problem he's having right now. Um, you can hit it however long you want, but if you aren't getting, getting yourself in good position to make birdie, I mean, what's it going to do, you know? So that's what I'm worried about for him. I hope he kind of gets it together. Um, but yeah, he's obviously an entertaining character. He's so fun to watch. Um, so I, I hope he pulls it together tomorrow. Obviously, as we head into the weekend, Gabby, what, what's going to make this so exciting is just how bunched up the leaderboard is right now. And we've are, we, we've selected a few guys to, to start talking about, but there's just so many more. When you think of, you know, Cameron Smith, who's tied for the lead also at 9-under. Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantley at 8-under. Eight, at eight I mean... John Rahm, as we mentioned, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka, four-time major winner, only four back of the lead. Roy McIlroy shot six under in his second round just to get in the mix uh, for, for the weekend. What are one or two guys that, that you're looking for to say, watch out for these guys because they're not out of it just yet and, and, and they could contend uh, come Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I think someone I'm looking at is Patrick Cantley, definitely. Mm. I mean, he's another one of those guys whose irons are so precise, um, and when and he has such a strong mental game. Like, you aren't reading a single emotion from him out there. <laughs> he is stone cold. So I think that he could definitely be someone who sneaks up. I mean, I think he's at 8-under right now, so maybe not even sneaks up. He's already up there. Um, yeah, he's definitely someone I'm looking at. I think he's due for a major 100%. Um, I would love to see him win. He's also just such a nice guy. I mean, I, I definitely um, have been rooting for him for the past couple years. He's an amazing ball striker. I definitely admire his game. Um, so, yeah, that's one. And then also Phil. Yeah. I mean, about how his driver is on fire. And I don't remember the exact words they used, but it was something to that extent. Um, and, you know, he obviously knows the golf course well, three-time Masters champion. Um, I think he could sneak up, too. I mean, with with his short game if he if he gets in a bad position we know he can make up from that with his kind of signature flop shots and kind of recoveries from all over the course so i think he's definitely another one to watch too i think the exact quote you're looking for is that he was driving it like a stallion so 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 that uh that is all you need to know about where phil mickelson's uh, head and game is at of course phil um you know winning a couple events on the champions tour coming into uh the masters week but i you know for me for me gabby i'm looking at i'm looking at hideki matsuyama he's someone that i mean has his you know has major experience hasn't won yet but has been in the mix you know when you look at 76 percent fairways hit 70 percent greens in regulation through two rounds so i'm looking at him and again he hasn't finished yet his second round so we'll see if he can make up a couple shots or not but I, I mean, I'm still a Brooks Kepka guy. I, 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 you know, for me, this is someone that is, you have to be. I mean, the guy has been so good at majors the last four years. And it's amazing that even like at the PGA, when clearly he wasn't 100% healthy, he still contended. 
Now he's a lot better, as he said in his pre-tournament press conference. So to me, he's in that perfect spot right now where if he can make a couple putts, he's right in the mix. And and look, when, when the pressure ramps up, he's a guy that uh, you know knows how to conquer it for sure. Yeah, he for sure thrives under pressure. So I think he'll amp it up tomorrow. Um, I saw him miss a couple 10, 12 footers, and we all know he can make those. So I think he's for sure someone to watch. You can never bet against Brooks Kepka in a major. I just don't believe in it. Yeah. So I, I kind of forgot about him, to be honest. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. No, I mean, you know, well, and, and also, I mean, you know, shout out to, you know, Brooks and his, and his girlfriend, Jenna Sims's Instagram lives, like, you know, quality social media content. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that, that Instagram live honestly answered so many questions about Brooks for me. And it, he also showed him kind of showed him practicing and he was I think he was like seven or eight under through like eight or nine holes. And that alone kind of like put me, put him on my radar for the Masters. But um, yeah, with such a stacked leaderboard, it's so easy for some of these guys to kind of slip through the cracks and like who you're pulling for. So yeah. Well, it's going to be a great weekend. Before I let you go, Gabby, though, I I got one question for you. And I'm asking this of all my guests this week. What is your ideal champion's dinner? If you had the chance to, you know, if you won the Masters one day and, and, and had the chance to make your own champion's dinner, what, what, what would be on the menu and why? That's such a good question. I should have prepared for this. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a huge Italian food person. Okay. So I think the main would, be, would have to be some assortment of pastas. Um, and then appetizer, I have no idea. I'd have to think about that. Maybe like some sort of like wing or something, nice. I don't know, maybe barbecue. And then for dessert, I'd for sure do milkshakes, kind of similar to what we saw with some of the other Masters Champions dinners. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I need to think about that one more before I give you a salad. No, no, I mean, that's that, that's totally fine. And um, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be... I think we could both agree, even though this is a Masters that's in November, it's going to produce a stellar champion, and we're still going to have uh, those Sunday feels like we always have uh, in April. So Gabby Herzig, she's a colleague of mine at LastWordOnSports.com. Make sure to check out her stuff there on golf. She's also the captain of the women's golf team at Panoma College. Gabby, it was such a pleasure to have you on to chat about the Masters. Enjoy Masters weekend, and, and we'll... Uh, have you back again soon to chat golf on the We Sports yeah, Chronicles sure. podcast. Thank you so much for having me.